Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, to paraphrase John the Baptist, no, 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 I simply cannot permit this. That's that's John the Baptist in our short gospel lesson today at the very idea that he would baptize Jesus. John the Baptist, as you'll recall, is out preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Of course, he's sporting a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt. He eats locusts and wild honey. He's in the wilderness baptizing people in the Jordan River with a baptism of repentance. He's not making friends with the scribes and the Pharisees, but many people are coming out, out into the wilderness, not into Jerusalem where they ought to be, right? But out into the wilderness to be baptized. So Jesus himself came to be baptized, to receive this baptism of repentance. And John would have stopped him. John said, I need to be baptized by you. I need to be baptized by you. And you, do you come to me? This, uh, this is understandable. This is, uh, John saying this is understandable. John is giving the baptism of repentance. And he understands that the Messiah is to be a spotless lamb, perfect, sinless, in order to fulfill the covenant and to take away the sin of the world. Well, how can the spotless lamb receive a baptism of repentance? What is he repenting of? He doesn't have any sin to repent of. He was immaculately conceived. He hasn't inherited Adam's sin. He hasn't sinned in his lifetime. All all mothers, I think, notice this and think about this. Wow, to have a child who didn't sin. What was it like? You know, Jesus did not need to be uh, given the baptism of repentance, at least according to John the Baptist. That's what he's thinking. Notice Jesus' response too. think about how Jesus responds. He said, let it be so now. Let it be so now. He doesn't correct him. He doesn't say, John, you're wrong. You're wrong, buddy. He understands. He knows what John is saying. He says, let it be so for now. Uh, Let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Every word in this matters. Allow this to happen. I'm I'm going to unpack this a little bit and, and just expand upon what he's saying. Allow this to happen at this particular time. John, you're not wrong in your assessment that I am the spotless lamb of God, but it is fitting, it's fitting for the lamb of God to take upon himself the sins of the people. Thus, to fulfill all righteousness, the lamb of God must receive the baptism of repentance. Not for my own sake, but because the Lamb of God repents of the sins that he takes upon himself. Do you see? So simply put, 
Jesus Christ received the baptism of repentance because he was repenting of your sins and my sins and the sins of the whole world. So to fulfill all righteousness, he had to receive that baptism of repentance because he's repenting of our sins. We see a connection in this to our own baptism. They're not the same. These are two different baptisms. Jesus received the baptism of repentance where he took upon himself your sins. In your baptism, you've been washed clean of your sins. Your sins were washed away. We sing that in our hymn uh, this, this day. The, uh, to Jordan came the cross. The, to Jordan came the Christ our Lord. Uh, by the way, this hymn was seven minutes and eight seconds long. I know it's a long hymn, okay? But we sang every single verse because every single verse matters. Martin Luther is teaching. I mean, this hymn is a, it's a sermon in itself. I guess that means I can wrap up early. <laughs> but seriously, he is, he's teaching through the hymn. That's why we sang the whole thing. You, you really can't truncate that hymn. At least I don't think you can or should. But we'll sing about it also in our closing hymn. God's own child, I gladly say it about what our baptism is because of the baptism that Jesus Christ received, the baptism of repentance. But the reality is, in, in his baptism, in the baptism of repentance, our Lord, our Lord points more directly and very directly at his own crucifixion for your sins. In his baptism of repentance, really what he's pointing at is that he's going to go to the cross and take your sins and bury them there. That ought to be the focal point when we see him baptized. He's taking upon himself our sins. Do you see that, that that's what's happening there? That's why it's so important to understand why John would say, no, you can't come and be baptized here. You don't have anything to repent of. No. God made him to be sin who knew no sin. That's what God did in Jesus Christ. He made him who knew no sin. He made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, in Jesus Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. So the baptism of our Lord points not primarily to our own baptism, as though we were following him and receiving that baptism. No, it points to his sacrificial death. It points to the reality that he was soiled with your sin. He took upon himself your sin at his baptism, and he took it to the cross. He repented for your sin. Okay, so then what is the connection to your baptism? Well, Jesus received the baptism of repentance, repenting of your sins, which he took upon himself. But he also prescribed means, means by which you receive this tremendous gift, the gift of eternal life. And those means are, say it if you know it, what are the means by which we receive God's gifts? Word and sacrament. Word and sacrament. Just keep saying that and just remember that. Word and sacrament. That is how we receive God's gift. He works through means. He works through means to bring us saving faith through word and sacrament. He brings us to faith by 
speaking to us the word of forgiveness. He he brings us to faith in baptism by speaking his word of promise. Remember, it's not mere water. It's water with the word of God. The same word that created the universe. Promise of forgiveness of sins, the promise of eternal life. The apostle Peter spoke clearly to the Jews uh, when he said, uh, once they realized that they had crucified the Lord of glory, oops, they were cut to the heart. And they asked Peter, what must we do to be saved? And then Peter gave them a long laundry list of new laws that they need to follow. No, he did not. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So what do you notice in that text of Peter speaking uh, these words? For the forgiveness, yeah, repent and receive baptism for forgiveness. That's why we confess in our creeds that we receive forgiveness and baptism. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and for your children. Yes, we baptize our children. And for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Just see in this how clear these words are. This is why we don't try to explain away baptism or explain it diligently, like, you know, try to put too many words. It just becomes human philosophy. Just receive the word. God works forgiveness through the sacrament of baptism, connecting you to Christ, adopting you as his beloved child. In our lessons today, we have two baptisms. One is the baptism of repentance, which Jesus received for you. The other is the baptism of forgiveness, in which God works through the water and the word to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit and to give you forgiveness. This forgiveness, which he gives you so freely, has come at a cost. It was the cost of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. How much does God love you? He loves you so much that he gave Jesus Christ to die for your sins. He claims you as his own beloved child. God the Father spoke at Jesus' baptism and said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Yes, indeed, he was pleased for God the Son to submit himself to a baptism of repentance in order to fulfill all righteousness. All of this is necessary for you to be saved, and all of this God has done because he loves you. We can understand John's objection at first, but John understood once he witnessed the baptism. And the Apostle John's gospel records the baptizer John's statements concerning this baptism. 
So don't be confused, but that's why I try and say it that way. In the Gospel of John, which was the Apostle John writing the Gospel, we have the words of John the Baptizer recorded. And this is what John the Baptist said. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Brothers and sisters, hear the good news. You are baptized into Christ You are God's own child. And sing that. When we sing that as a recessional hymn, God's own child, think about those words as you sing it. This is what it means to be baptized. Satan, hear this proclamation. I'm baptized into Christ. Are you going to drag me to hell because of my sin? Oh, no. Oh, I got sin, but you're not going to drag me to hell. I'm baptized into Christ. Think about those words as we sing them. That's what it means to be baptized into Christ. Now, we'll say this too, and this is now 13 minutes, so I have trimmed this, this down. I, I have two sermons from today, and one I just, I had to stop, but I really wanted to preach on Romans, but it has to wait for another time. Otherwise, it would be half, half an hour or more. But the Romans text is, uh, is just really a good text. I encourage you, Read the Romans text again from Romans 6. Read it again. And uh, I, look, I like to uh, hear what you, what you think about it. So anyway. <clears throat> the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.